Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Flight Deck Podcast. It's your boy TK along with the usual suspects, Mr. Omari Brown and Mr. Matthew Freeze. What's up, guys? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, guys? Great to be back. Well, free agency is, is upon us. It's been going on for, what, a week now? Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we got a lot to talk about with the moves that the Jets made. But before we get into that, we're going to kick things off with Around the League. Around the NFL. So, to start us off, I'm going to slide to you, Amar, and let you get us going with your Around the League topic. All right, so my, my, my Around the League topic is um, I'm a little surprised at how much the Patriots have spent. Uh, I think that this is the most – I know that they said that they – when they, when they were first doing their rebuild back in 2000, I believe it was, Scott Pioli and Bill Belichick, that they signed 22 free agents. This year they came out the gate swinging, and they basically won free agency. I can't even remember. I don't know about you guys the last time uh, you could say that the Patriots actually won free agency. So uh, this lets me know two things. One, that the Patriots haven't really been drafting well. And two, Bill Belichick is getting older, and I think that he wants to make one last run at it. And um, just from everything that we're hearing right now, I think all of this is setting up for the Patriots to surrender a lot of draft capital, maximize the talent like Dante Hightower, Stephon Gilmore, and the guys that they have on offense. And I think they're going to make a run at one of the QBs. I'm not really sure who, but they are rumbling saying that they really do love Justin Fields. So I think that I think the AFC East is um, – I, I like the moves that all the teams are making. So I think the AFC East is going to be really competitive. And um, – yeah, and I think that um, we could possibly see two more young QBs. We could possibly see four top, top you know, heralded QBs in the AFC East. Uh, if, you, if the if New England gets Justin Fields, if the Jets draft Zach Wilson, you got Josh Allen and Tua. It can get really exciting for this uh, next generation of, of AFC East football. Yeah, I I agree with with the the, the possibility of having all these great quarterbacks you know, in the AFC East. But to your point of what you started off with, I I, I, I got to disagree with you, man. I don't think they want anything. Um, I, they, the, the only signing that, you know, I, I kind of felt a certain way about was Hunter Henry. Like I, I really, you know, wanted us to, to make a run for him. But I mean, honestly, I think they spent way too much on Janu. I think they uh, spent. Judon was okay. I mean, you know, 14, 15 million for seven, eight sacks, few pressures. You know, it is what it is. I can't really say much about it because that's kind of close to Carl uh, Lawson. So we'll talk about him later. Um, I like that they got Trent Brown. That's, a, you know, another player we wanted. They got, you know, basically got him for nothing. Uh, if you ask me, but you know, the most surprising thing about it was the sheer amount that they spent. Like they spent more, you know, in this off season than they, you know, have spent in, in decades, damn near. Like they, they spent 400 million, I believe since 2000. And this year alone, they was at 150, 160 or something like that. And I agree with you, Amari, when you say that, uh, it shows that they didn't draft well. For me, it seems like Tom Brady put a lot of pressure on Bill, and he's fighting for his legacy right now. Mm. So that's what I took from the Patriots and this wild-ass spending spree that we saw them do. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I think that they went out there. They they kind of came out guns blazing, signing a lot of the guys that you know, we're rumored for big money and stuff like that. But I think, you know, one of the one of the signings that we didn't really touch on yet was that that Nelson Aguilar signing. I just I, I don't understand the contract they gave. I believe they gave him like 13 mil a year. I think the guy put up his best season last year. So maybe he's just capitalizing on that. But as far as I'm concerned, I think the Patriots really just kind of went out there, signed, signed Honestly, there was plenty of guys. I think me and Amari would agree. We wanted John. I know I was interested in Hunter Henry. I didn't even think he would get released. I know there was that uh, that whole thing about him wanting to play with a good quarterback, which uh, I'm not a big fan of Cam, but, you know, I, I guess. But they went out there. They they signed a lot of guys. But I don't think outside of the Judon signing and, and the Janu 
signing. I don't, I think they kind of went, I remember reading someone said they kind of went target shopping, you know, nothing crazy outside of maybe the Judon and, and the, uh, the John signing, I mean, argument could be made for front Hunter Henry, but nothing terribly crazy. I think also like you guys alluded to, this is Belichick realizing that he's got a, he's got to fill out the roster. He really does. He's got to put players in positions. And honestly, I, I hate admitting it, but he puts players in the best positions to succeed. That's why a lot of the players that they trade away end up coming back to him. Look at Trent Brown, Kyle Van Noy is coming back. Kyle Van Noy had his best season with them. So without a doubt, I think he's gonna he always maximizes players' ability by putting them in putting them in the best position to succeed. So, you know, I, I think they did a good job. Do I think they had the best offseason? Absolutely not. But I think that they added where they, they needed to add. Did they add the big flashy names? A couple, but but nothing crazy that I think really puts them ahead of, I would say, Miami or the Bills. Maybe they they close the gap with the Dolphins, but not so much the Bills in my opinion. But uh, the rest remains to be seen. And, of course, we got the draft coming up. I'm not entirely sure how many picks they have. But uh, if it is true that they're rumored to uh, like Fields, we could be looking at something a little crazy now. They got $25 million in, in uh, APY at the tight end position. That's crazy. That is insane to me. See, but that's see, see, but I'm gonna disagree because um like like Matt is kind of on the same page that I am because I think that we look at these moves and to other teams, to other schemes, to other, you know, we're not looking at it from his vantage point or Josh McDaniel's vantage point. They can have that much AAV at the tight end position because they can get creative and scheme production from that tight end position. Y'all yeah. remember what they did in 12 personnel, which is one running back in. Oh, I get that. Yeah. So I think that I think when you're creative and you're putting people in the right spots, it's okay to have that much money tied into the tight end position. Now, if Adam Gase was doing that, I'd be like that that's a waste. If you're if you're getting, let's say that they combine for let's say anywhere from 18 to 24 touchdowns. That, that that's okay. That's a million dollars almost a touch. Um, you know, that's a million dollars for every touchdown in, in production. So I just look at the Patriots for seven and nine last year. That team, that that team was bad. And uh, they, they were okay in the beginning, but once Cam got COVID, they they just were not the same and they could just never get on the same page. If that team last year could win seven games, Bill Belichick infusing it doesn't even have to be, he's just infusing all of this talent into a team and he's gonna coach that talent up because we've seen him do it. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people, you know, it, it's okay because Tom went down there and won the Super Bowl and everything, and everybody just likes to load on Belichick and, you know, players play, they do all this. But let's not forget that he's he's turned some – he's turned into basically NFL stars. You look at the Rod Ninkoviches of the world, the Tyler – I mean, the Mike Brables of the world, Troy Browns of the world. Kendrick Bourne is going to come in, and Kendrick Bourne, he probably sees something that Kendrick Bourne can do. And he, that's all he's going to ask Kendrick going to do. Aguilar is a deep threat. He has shaky hands, but the dude is always open. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of think that the moves, those moves, I can see those guys coming in and them asking them to do the one the one or two things that they're good at and, and them really being good. And then if you add a young QB to all of that veteran talent, I think that is going to be I, – I, I don't know, man. I just think – um, They already got a good offensive line, too. Exactly. Really? And they, yeah, and they did. And they added to it. Exactly. They re-signed David Andrews. They re, you know, that's why they let Joe Thune go because they can, again, I think that they, they, they do the them. best job. They do the best job of asking people to do their strengths. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that they, they did throw a lot of money out there. I think I read that they, they have somewhere between like a hundred to 130 million allocated to defense. So 25 mil to, a to the tight end group is a lot, but they, they have so much money on that defensive side of the ball. It's insane. So, I, like, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it, it all comes together. But if there's anyone who's going to maximize that talent, it's going to be Belichick, unfortunately for us. But, you know. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think they're going to run the ball. You know, I, I could even see them just probably standing pat at 15 and probably just taking Matt Jones and then getting a, a running back in the second or third round and just, like, really just running the ball to death mm -hmm. and taking a few shots deep down, down the game and creating mismatches with two tight ends that are – one like one is literally the Gronk type of tight end, the inline blocker that can get up, that can get physical and get up the seam, and the other one is a movement tight end that that flex Y. Mm -hmm. Like you already know, they're going to be creating different mismatches. They're going to be doing like thirteen personnel and crazy shit like that, and and a bunch of motions and throwbacks. You 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 already you already know what it's going to be. 
my, so, my last point on this before we we transition and i just want to quickly say this this has been kind of the unorthodox offseason for the patriots they don't usually do this exactly and now we're looking at this and we're like this is unorthodox we've never seen this from them you know what else is unorthodox trading up in the draft for them being seven and nine is unorthodox so we could very well see a trade up, which is something I don't, I, I can't remember the last time we saw them trade up. I think they traded back last year too. So I'm, you know, it's been a weird year, but this is also a weird first seven days of free agency. Well, well this shows that, that, that Bill Belichick isn't, you know, just going to stay stuck in his ways. Let's be honest. He has to get acclimated to the new NFL. And this is how you do things when you don't have Tom Brady, when you don't see that, that that's my whole thing. And I hate to just tie it back back to this when you have the quarterback man you there's so many things that you can there's so many things that you can mask there's so many deficiencies that you can mask and if you have that spot solidified almost everything else will make sense unless you're the Detroit Lions so if you can get that guy if you identify <laughs> that guy then you just really just have to go get it and you know what else is going to be crazy I think that they I think they are going to get a rookie QB because they because this is when you can do this is when you have all the maneuverability this is when you can you know, you can go sign a corner and pay him $17 million a year because you're on the rookie um, quarterback contract. So mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I, th- I think that we could definitely see, we're, we're going to see a lot of new things too, but we're seeing a lot of new, we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, odd things. the Jets spending wisely, you know, New England, New England spending a little recklessly, depending on what vantage point you're looking at. So, you know, it's been fun, honestly. Right. So, you know, you, you you brought up the Jets spending wisely, and, and since you brought it up, we we might as well just just stay there and and, and, and get into it. Um, we we've had a uh, a different offseason, a different free agency, man. Um, this isn't the 2015 where they went and spent you know a boatload of money um, on an experiment that. It it worked, but it didn't because we didn't make the playoffs. Uh, damn you, Buffalo! But <laughs> you know it 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 wasn't that free agency, man. Um, and I, I do want to say we watched this free agency unfold, and if you guys go back and listen to our previous episodes, we damn near nailed probably ninety five percent of you know the things that happened. Down to the the amount of money, salaries, yeah, down to the salaries. You know, like we were off maybe a million with uh, uh, Lindsley. Yep, going to the to, to the to the charges. Thune we nailed. Thune we nailed. Galladay was nailed. You know, it it it, it was real interesting, man. But uh, let's 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 get into the Jets, man. I want to kick this off by. I want each one of you guys to give me your best move so far by Joe D and your worst move. All right. Well, I mean, I don't think this is going to come as a surprise to anyone because I think I was saying this a couple episodes ago when we did kind of our, our preview was a, I, I really like the Corey Davis signing. I really do. I know everyone was a little hard on it. They didn't, you know, they were like, Oh, the production was great this year, but what about the inconsistency and stuff like that? I really thought that was that was my favorite signing. I thought that we got him at a good price. I know a lot of people, especially Jets fans that maybe want to stay with with Sam for whatever reason, were looking at that whole let's take that wide receiver nice and early, you know, whatever. I think Corey Davis comes in, he fills a need. He's a big body that's going to be opposite Denzel Mims. We still got Crowder in the slot, and honestly, the Keelan, uh, the Keelan Cole signing too. It's, it's it's both of those signings were good deals, and I, I don't think that that precludes us from drafting another guy. You know, the wide receiver wide receiver position in the draft is, is, is loaded. But if I had to circle it all back to one signing that I really thought was the best, I think that Corey Davis was, especially when you look at the, the prices that the other wide receivers were going for. I mean, I think Aguilar got 13 mil, more, you know, making more than Corey Davis. Galladay got, what what was it, 19 mil, 18 mil, 19 mil, something 18. like that. And, and we're sitting there and we're, I think, you know, when we were doing our free agency preview and stuff like that, we were like, oh, Godwin's going to get X, Y, Z money. You know, we want Alan Robinson who didn't even hit, hit free agency. So I, I think, you know, when, when we take into account everything, not only did we spend well, we spent wisely. And I think that the Corey Davis signing is, is something that shows me that Joe Douglas understands that he can't go out there and throw money at every, every player, every big name player to build a franchise, to build a team. 
So I, without a doubt, I think Corey Davis was my number one signing. Uh, you're going to do your worst signing too, or uh, I'll, I'll reserve myself. Oh, okay. All right, cool. I think uh, my favorite signing, surprise, surprise, y'all know I love pass rushes is going to be Carl Lawson. I think the Jets, even though I'm, Carl Lawson's numbers, he had 64 pressures. So he was top 10 in pressures, pressure rate. Um, it amounted to five sacks. But if you look, Carl Lawson is a disruptor. And how many times has it been on an obvious passing situation and the Jets just haven't been able to get off the field without manufacturing a blitz or something like that? So I think that um, this Robert Salah defense is predicated on winning, um, you know, playing cover three and winning with the pass rush with the front four, or bringing five. So I think that Carl Lawson is going to be crucial. And also, Teams are gonna teams are actually gonna have somebody else to key on from a pass rush standpoint and an impact standpoint. So I think the Carl Lawson signing is I, I mean I'm gonna give it a B plus, you know, because I, I can't really you know Carl Lawson I wouldn't really say that he's like a tier one pass pass rusher, but for the you know for the years 15 million a year, um, he's a young guy he's only 26. You look at his um, you look at his Zoom call and he's super excited to play with Salah. And, uh, you know, again, we did say that it does matter when when you get a coach that players want to play for, because that that makes the that makes the destination a little bit more exciting. So I think Carl Lawson is the best signing. And I think that, um, you know, you look at the moves, the the corresponding moves as well uh, that he brought in Sheldon Rankins. I think that that's an honorable mention uh, on, a, on a pretty decent deal. You look at what pass rushers that you, you look at what interior pass rushers that can possibly give you double digit sacks are going for. So, I mean, if you, you know, two years, 17 million, I think, I think that, you know, we're going to get a motivated Sheldon Rankins, but Carl Lawson is my favorite. I give that grade a B plus uh, three years, 45 million. That's the going rate for, for a tier two pass rusher. Yeah. Um, I, I actually like both of you guys' picks um, just to kind of touch on, on Matt's pick. I like the fact that, Davis came with at a reasonable deal, and if we're being honest, we did get the number two wide receiver in free agency um, because Robinson didn't make it, Godwin didn't make it, so Galladay was, you know, prettiest girl in the room, and Corey Davis was right there. You know, was also the most expensive girl in the room. Just yeah, so. yeah, and uh, you know, to Amari's pick, I do love the Carl Lawson signing. He's gonna open things up uh, for the interior. And going to generate pressure to help, you know, our, our cornerbacks because we don't know what's going on with that right now. <laughs> now, my my pick, um, and it would have been Lawson, but Omar, you mentioned my pick, which is Sheldon Rankins. Um, and I I like this pick because of the possibilities. You know, dude's twenty six years old, um, healthy. He's a load, you know, guy can get you eight, nine sacks from the interior. And he has one of the nastiest spin moves you will see from a guy who's 300 plus pounds. I mean, when he spins, like he's, he, he's knocking whoever's in front of him out the way and he's not losing his balance. He's not losing his speed. He's coming at you. And, um, I think, you know, with that addition, it'll be a lot of one-on-ones. If he if he's healthy, and I do I do believe he's motivated because again, the solid effect. If he's healthy, it's gonna be a lot of one-on-ones. Oh, yeah. And we will be able to see what uh what Tampa Bay did, you know, to Kansas City with this with this front. Now, I'm not saying it to be to that extreme, you know, but getting pressure without blitzing, allowing your linebackers to roam, you know, making time for your cornerbacks with, with Lawson and, and Rankins, with Q and Foley and Franklin Myers and Shepard. And and hopefully my dark horse, it's the bar, uh, Jabari Zaniga, uh stepping up. That front going to be hell, man. But, yeah, Sheldon Rankins, that was – uh. That was it for me. So yeah, yeah, that was a sneaky move as well. Honestly, I, when when I saw it came through, I was like, because I thought that D tackle is the last 
is the last you know positional group that that needs to to be bolstered at all. But that's what I like though. We were talking about it. The team is devoid of talent, and I'm never going to argue with you know the amount of talent. But yeah. uh, um, you know, before we get to our disappointments, because uh, to you know to be real, I, I don't really. I don't, I don't really get disappointed because I can kind of see it, as long as it makes sense. So, so what would you, what would you say is your best bargain signing, TK, so far? The best bargain signing, Jared Davis. Okay, talk to me. So, and, and, and let me tell you why. Again, he's young, and I like the fact that Mac. I think the average age of, of the free agency is like twenty six of the players he signed. So we said contract. This is contract two guys, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of second contract guys. Yeah. So let me tell you why I like Davis. First of all, Matt Patricia ruined this guy the two years that he was there. Okay. Now, you got a guy who has everything that Sala likes, speed, versatility, um, who, who produces when played the right way. His first two years, this kid averaged 98 tackles, and four sacks year one and year two made the all rookie team you got this kid for seven million dollars and the reason why i like this is you got talk of and amari talked about this weeks ago on record you got talk of mosley being traded so you get rid of mosley in that contract you got a kid you can slide right in and if he's healthy and he balls out you don't have to worry about losing him because you can tag him and work out a deal. And you will have your middle linebacker for the next five years, you know, uh, which started from a $7 million signing. And again, versatility, speed, he can play off ball. His coverage isn't all that great, but he can be coached up. And I'm telling you, I, I like this. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I like the Jared Davis signing. I thought it was good. I think people's instant reaction, though, was kind of like, you know, that's a lot of money to be paying a guy that's coming off. I think they said 20 percent of, of the snaps in total for compared to two years ago or whatever. So I, I think that was people's first reaction. But if I'm being honest, I, I had no problem with it. I think it was our first signing, I believe. Right. Yeah. But without a doubt, you know, I, I think even if you keep Mosley, there's a position for him on the defense. I think Mosley is, you know, regardless, going to be a tough contract to trade. But, um, yeah, without a doubt, I mean, the Jared Davis signing to me was was, was pretty good. But I think if, if we're talking about bargain signings and, and players that, you know, on the older end of the spectrum, I know we said average age was about 26. I think that LaMarcus Joyner signing, if you move him back to safety, if you move him back to safety and you get even three quarters of what he was doing with the Rams – I think you're in business. I think you got a good good partner on the back end for uh, for Marcus over there. But but I, I think the problem that Lamarcus was having, he he was being played as a as a nickel corner, right? And his coverage skills were just just abysmal over there for whatever. I mean, he is relatively so. I think he's like five eight. He's not, he's not terribly tall or anything like that. But I think you know a one year four point five million you know dollar deal for a guy that you know was borderline all you know Pro Bowl guy before he got put in a, in a disadvantageous position similar to Jared Davis when Patricia showed up I think if you can do what we were hailing uh Belichick for doing which is putting these guys in the in the right position to succeed if you can do that with LaMarcus and Jared you can really maximize what you're getting the return this defense could be night and day I mean I don't think the defense was terrible last year but but I, I think that without a doubt if you can if you can kind of turn back the clock a little bit with LaMarcus Joyner Put him back at the position where he his his PFF grade was significantly higher, and he was just an overall better player. I think that that's probably the bargain deal that I'm going with. Uh, that that was going to be mine too, Matt. And you said everything that I was going to say, especially about Belichick. And I said we're finally getting guys in house that we need you. That we're only going to ask you to do what you're good at. You know, this is not going to be a situation where you know you draft Quentin Copeland who's a five technique and you got him playing outside linebacker. Lamarcus Joyner, Lamarcus Joyner as a one high free safety, um, staying over the top, keeping everything in front of him. Lamarcus Joyner is probably a top ten free safety or a top twelve free safety. You could, and it's all. It's, it seems like it's going to be about versatility as well too. And I think that what 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 we're seeing right now is because Marcus May, who I thought should have gotten an extension, but I think that they're going to see how he performs and 
and Robert Sala's system before they speak to him about a, about an extension. Honestly, guys, I could see I could I, I think Lamarcus Jordan is going to do for this defense what Logan Ryan did for the Giants. Mm. I think he's going to be the guy back there. He can come down. He can cover a slot. He can cover a slot, but if you if you ask him to do it 100 percent of the time, he's not going to be able to do it. I love the Lamarcus Jordan signing, but since you went there, I'm going to go with Keelan Cole. Corey Davis always Corey Davis is banged up. Denzel Mims was banged up a lot too. And Jamison Crowder has missed time, has missed games in each of his season with the Jets. Keelan Cole is going to play. Keelan Cole is going to play at least 60% of the snaps this year. One of those, one of those three are going to be missing time at different points of the season. So remember how the Jets never had depth? So I think you having a guy like Keelan Cole who can who can play in the slot. And even though he's only 6'1, 194, he's really good. He catches 70% of his 50-50 balls. So this is a guy that's going to make plays. These are guys that you need. And now, and to be honest, the, the NFL that we're going to, you're going to need three pass rushers, edge rushers that, that are good. You're going to need a left and a right tackle because left ends are just as good as right ends now. Now it's just all about yeah, – now it's not just all the quarterback blind side. Now we're going to put you on the side where whatever you're handed, whatever, um, whichever hand you prefer, and we're just going to let you go get the quarterback. You're going to need three corners, and you're probably going to need two or three good safeties. And you're going to need four wide receivers. That, that's just how the NFL is going right now. So now the Jets have four receivers. And guess what? This is all about adding talent. And I'm not going to argue with any of the moves that add talent. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought that I think, I think Joe Douglas is doing a, a, a pretty good job. You know, it, the whole picture, you, we have to wait for the draft. But I think so far this is the right step. And this is a step in the right direction for um, this offseason. Yeah. Speak, speaking of Keelan Cole, man, and, and people lost their minds when they saw this uh, signing. Listen. That's only because they wanted Juju, though. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I get that. But Keelan Cole is better than any wide receiver on the team not named Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. And honestly, with better quarterback play, he would have been a lot better than Jamison Crowder with less drops. I, I love Crowder, you know, but he does suffer from the drops. We've seen it. We've talked about it. But, again, solid quarterback play. This dude can, can can make plays, man. Um, you know, people was mad about Kendrick Bourne uh, going to the Patriots instead of us getting him. And I couldn't understand the anger about that. You know, we're talking about a guy who was either hurt, has never had a thousand yard, you know, receiving, um, has never had more than, I think, two touchdowns in a year. So, like, chill. I, Cole was a good pickup. And like you said, Amar, he, he's adding talent, you know, to the squad. So, love yeah. the pick. I think Keelan Cole was was kind of underrated, like you guys said. Everyone was heard that report about Juju wanting there. There were being some mutual interest there and whatever. First of all, Juju got a very below market, you know, price from the Steelers. Then I think that we were all kind of scared he was going to price himself really high. But getting back to Keelan Cole, I mean, when you, when you get in fifty five receptions with Blaine, uh, who who was the quarterback? What do we got? Gardner Minshew and and. Uh, Mike yeah, Glennon? Minshew, yeah, Glennon. Mike Glennon, when you're getting 55 receptions, you know, 650 yards, five touchdowns with, with quarterback play, you know, shoddy at best, never really consistent. I mean, that, that says something. Not to mention he's only 27 and it's a one-year deal. What's the worst worst thing that's going to happen? He's your, number four wide, he's your number four or five wide receiver if you draft one, and then he's gone after the year. He comes off the books. Doesn't matter. Then the sal- salary's freed up again. I mean, it's a position in need, right? We we still need more depth. In, in my opinion, I there's no reason for us not to take more wide receiver or at least one more wide receiver, right? So you're getting you're getting depth at a position that's consistently been weak for us. Talent overall has been weak, but we're getting depth now, which is something that I don't remember the last time we really had it. Maybe went 2015 when we had Marshall Decker and 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 Quincy, uh, health, healthy Quincy, maybe. I couldn't yeah. tell you who the fourth receiver was, but th- that's my that, that's kind of my point is that now we can say where our top three is a strong top three wide receivers, and Keelan Cole's our fourth when Keelan Cole was a number two on the Jaguars behind DJ Chark. So I, I don't see the problem. I think Jets fans just sometimes they want that shiny object when in reality the smarter signing here is paying a guy three mil less a year, you know, on a one year deal, and and he's going to be your number four. So I, I got no problem with it. Well, he he definitely not, you know, Clyde Gates and, you know, some of the other names that, that we had that, no, you know, nobody knows or remembers. Andre you know, Roberts. Your Stephen Hills, your, like, 
shoot, man, we <laughs> we've had guys that had no business being on the team, mm. and Cole was better than all of them. With with that without Jones. with yeah, like. Come on, man. Remember when they you tried know. to sell us on Chaz Shillings just because Sanjay Lau was here? I, I can't. Oh, my God. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get mad. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but yeah. So, so tell, tell me about some of the signings that y'all didn't like. How about one of the signings that I didn't like because they didn't make it? Is, is, that, is that a better way yeah, to refer no, it? Because no. that, yeah. that Elfline deal was exactly where we thought it was going to be. Exactly. Maybe a mill over on an AAV. But it was a mill over for the same amount of years that we said three years. I think it was 13 and a half mil for a guy that came along. And clearly the Panthers saw something in him because they signed him to that deal. Right. I mean, if he goes out there and he sucks, JD looks like a genius. But let's be honest here. That's nothing to pay a guy. We're paying Alex Lewis, what, five mil? I I thought he should be gone. No, he's definitely, there's no way he's not gone. There's no way they can tell his fan base on death. I, I just yeah, it's all about depth right now. I, I think he's just throwing stuff at the wall, and um, that that's why I don't really, um, I didn't like the Dan Feeney signing just because that was basically Pat Elfline's money. That's why and Dan and um, uh, Dan Feeney's PFF rating was forty eight, and uh, he was one of the worst guards in the league. He allowed four sacks and like uh, oh, even though he was he played over a thousand snaps, he he wasn't he wasn't good at all. And I just think that with the continuity and everything that we spoke about, we actually spoke about this, Matt. But maybe, but but what we felt was maybe Elfline didn't fit their um, their scheme. But my whole thinking is, you're paying Greg Van Roten. Yeah, Greg Van Roten's still on the contract, right? That yep. wasn't a long idea. Yeah, Greg Van Roten's still on the contract at I think three point five. You're yep. paying Alex Lewis five point one, and you just signed Dan Feeney to um, three point five, I believe. Out of all that money right there, you could have found a way to give Pat Elfline four or five million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, because it could be because now, so to, so that was going to be one of one of my one of my um, disappointments or, or my um, my least favorite signings was the lack of moves at offensive line. Now I get it, Joe Joe Thune priced himself out, and you know you probably they said that they never really made a run at Corey Lindsay, which is fine, but now you have to hit in the draft, which you can very well do. I tell people all the time that you can find. You know, I, I like to get you know if you need offensive line talent. I like to get it whenever it's presented to you in the first round. So one of those one of those first two picks have to be either a corner or an offensive line because Joe Douglas hasn't addressed it yet. And I know, and I know you know there's still going to be a secondary free agent market and people are going to get cut. But I still think that there was some uh, moves that could have been made to to where you shore up that offensive line a little bit more. But I but I reserve judgment until draft time. What do you got, TK? Oh, I'm not. I mean, I guess by default, um, you could you I can go with the the Dan Feeney. Well, listen, if, listen. If nothing upset you and if nothing disappointed you, you can say that. Well, too. well, yeah. I mean, he his grade last year was terrible because he was forced to start at center because of Pouncey being out for the year. Um, but I mean, you know, his his first couple of seasons at guard, he was. He was he was he wasn't that bad. I mean, he made all rookie team. You know, he had mistakes, but you know what rookie doesn't? Um, I mean, I, I view him for what he is, which is a versatile uh, depth signing. Who I hope we never have to line up at center. Um, but for me, you know, the worst. I'm I'm kind of like Matt. The worst signing was the ones that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was really high on Linsley. The fact that that. You know, they didn't talk to him um, at all. Bothered me. Um, but the one that really just, just stuck, kind of stuck in my craw, man, was uh, William Jackson III. Uh, but I, I mean, but I get it. You know, that he didn't want to pay that much or whatever. But that's, and you know, I have been saying William Jackson III for weeks now. Um, that That's who I really wanted. I think he would have, you know, been a fantastic addition to the to the team. But other than that, man, like I, I really don't have any problems with any of the signings that he made because I I understand a the business behind it and b the motives behind the signing. So I'm good with. 
I mean, the beauty of it is, is that we still got some, there's still some quality free agents out there. I know Quant, Quan Williams, I believe is, is out there. The corner from the 49ers is still out there, but I think the most important thing for Jets fans as a whole to take out of this is that we signed a lot of players at positions of need, right? So this kind of narrows down what we can expect in the draft reasonably, of course. I mean, there's still, you know, Trey Turner's out there for, for a guard position, you know, you, like I said, you got Quan Williams out there for, for corner, but I think this really narrows it down outside of that number two pick, which I mean, I think it, honestly, I think it's anyone's guess what we do. If I'm being honest, I still think the Jets have no idea what they're going to do. I think they're still in the evaluating, you know, process, which is obviously fair because we got pro days going on. But I think that based on what we we've seen so far, we can reasonably expect the Jets to really be in the market for an edge. Or I'm sorry, in the draft for an edge to go opposite of Carl Lawson, right? a cornerback, and and a lot of offensive line help. And by a lot, I mean at minimum two interior offensive linemen, on top of if we draft a quarterback at two, which who who, who really knows. But I think that this has really helped us in, in, in narrowing our scope on what we can expect reasonably moving forward, but also what we can potentially expect him to do with the remaining free agents that are out there. Yeah, and, and since you brought up remaining free agents, you know, I agree with what you guys said. Who, who would y'all like to see out of the remaining free agents? Because I Great still turn. think that there's one or two more signings that, that's needed. I think out of the edge, out of edge, um, interior O-line or O-line in general and corner, one of those needs to be solidified heading into the draft. So, TK, who would you like to see most? Desmond King. Who? King. I think Desmond King was signed. Wait, he was already signed? I missed that. I could I could look that up. I'm pretty sure he was I, I knew I knew Kevin King was signed. I I, I must have missed Desmond King. Yeah, so. yeah. The um the Texans signed him, Houston. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Who didn't yeah. the Texans sign? Okay, so wait, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember, I, I was a little bit mad about that too, because Desmond King can play he can play safety, he can play some he he can basically do what Lonely Ryan was doing as well, too. And he signed for one year, three point five. Yeah, I, I I I forgot about that. All right, so um, my bad. Um, since we 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 can't get him, then uh, my default is Trey Turner. Okay, I like um, it. I mean, you you got to address the line outside of Feeney, and and I think well, Trey Turner is what 28, 27, 28? Yeah, he's still um, young. Yeah. Still, still young, still can play. Um, I, I I hated we missed out on Rodney Hudson, but he got traded, so it is what it is. Um, so I, I'm gonna have to go with Trey Turner, man. I, I think he he can work in his offense, and it it also allows even more flexibility in you know the draft. Um, they're not forced to take you know two linemen early. They can still get cornerback. They can still get, you know, uh, pass rush, linebacker, whatever. So I think adding Trey Turner would be the most optimum move for JD to make. Okay. Matt, yeah, I, I, I think I think I would agree. Um, I, I, there's not a lot of guys out there, especially not at edge that are remaining that I would really say. I think Kerry Hyder just got signed by Seattle. To like a three-year, $18.5 million deal or something like that. I think he would have been – I think me and Amari talked about that, that he would have been a, an interesting guy because he's a solid guy also that could have potentially lined up against or opposite Lawson in, in that 4-3. But um, realistically, I think the Trey Turner signing makes all the sense in the world. I do also know, and I think we all agree, that the, uh, the draft is littered with offensive line talent. There's plenty of interior offensive linemen. That, that we can be looking to grab. But if we can somehow get Trey Turner to kind of fill that that void that Pat Elfline left, we can still pick up another interior offensive lineman in the draft and, and we'd probably be be set at offensive line. But I think the Trey Turner uh, would, would be a good signing. I think, you know, reasonably speaking, you got to understand that he could be just pricing himself out. Not entirely sure how much he'd be looking to get. I know he's coming off a couple – down seasons compared to his former Pro Bowl form, but Trey Turner, without a doubt, would be would be my pick as well. Another interesting one would be uh, Quan Williams, but you know, again, we we do hold that twenty third pick, and I think honestly, 
from everywhere I've looked, we're synonymous with a corner at 23. But, but you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, y'all, y'all know me. I feel like the talent should just be added overall. That's why I really wanted, you know, Desmond King or even Kevin King, who's, who we went back to Green Bay on a one-year $6 million deal. I just don't see – and, again, you know, these players have to want to come here. They have to want to uproot their families and stuff like that. Same thing that Ty and I spoke about last week. I think um, – and this, I'm going to go back to this guy. Uh, Javon Clowney sitting out there. Again, you know, he's hurt. Uh, he's coming off meniscus surgery and stuff like that. But I think, again, I think that this is a perfect – I think now, even more so than last year, a one-year incentive-laden deal. You know, he, maybe he gets a base salary of $8 million. Um, with uh, roster bonuses and performance bonuses. You know, let's say if he hits double-digit sacks, he gets $5 million. If he plays all six games, 16 games, he gets a $2 million bonus, stuff like that. I think that that would be a good signing. Um, I don't really – Richard Sherman maybe, but I think Richard Sherman Juan? should probably – I'm sorry? Juan Alexander, is he still out there? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure about Juan. But I do know that um, – yeah, uh, San Fran traded him last year. Yeah, but I, I know he was cut. I think he got injured last year. But I, as an yeah. off-ball linebacker, could be worth a, a one-year deal. He's familiar with Salah. That's could, true. Could That's true as well, too. But I think I think that they have both of those. Um, you know, they they're gonna have. I think they're gonna ask Jared Davis to play the the Sam. Mm-hmm. So I think um, a lot of that stuff is gonna get funneled over to him. So maybe off-ball linebacker. Maybe they'll just probably you know stick Cashman or. Or any one of those guys there, maybe even a Neville Hewitt, just stick him up for a little. But um, yeah, so I, I would take any of those guys. I think Clowney, uh, Melvin Ingram is still out there, you know, professional. He's a professional pass rusher. Um, let's see, even here's another one. Listen, Carlos Dunlap. If we just want to bring in a vet, somebody, you know, to, to be a part of the, the entire puzzle, I think Carlos Dunlap could probably provide you some pressure. Uh, maybe teach the young guys. You know, you got a lot of young guys, Bryce Huff and some of the other young guys. Um, what about KJ Wright? Um, I don't know. He doesn't really doesn't really do anything for me. You know, people said that too. I know that he's um, you know, he's he's already thirty one, but you know, he he's a he's a vet, but not not really somebody I'm looking for. I think that you could find a decent off ball linebacker in the uh, fourth, in the third or fourth round, where the Jets have a couple picks. So, yeah, that, that that's who I would like to see. I can tell you who I don't want to see. Um, I don't want to see them bring in a, a, a an expensive running back or semi expensive or, you know, the one the one guy that I really, you know, hope would have hit free agency and they, you know, made a run at was Marlon Mack. Uh, I think we talked about him and he went back on a cheap deal, two million dollars. Uh, but like these last couple of days, we have been um, linked to Tevin Coleman, which I don't want. We wanted him what three years ago? I yeah, believe exactly. it was. Exactly. Oh, I don't. I don't really like getting players that that I really wanted the team to get like two and three years ago. Like I wanted to before he went to the Raiders. I wanted Lamarcus Joyner. So yeah, I hate the feeling of getting the player. You know, after their value has been uh, knocked down. So you know he's one. Uh, I'm I'm not really agreeing with Jadavion, man. It. it not that I don't like him. His his injury history just scares the, the hell out of me. Um, but, again, an incentive-laden deal wouldn't be too bad. Um, I'm on the fence about Malcolm Butler. You know. Uh, it would depend he's what he's third. asking for, honestly. He got yeah. signed to a big contract. I'm, I'm on the fence, but, I mean, if they got him at a reasonable rate, I would not be mad at, at that. It gives you a, a veteran cornerback who's – Won and performed on the biggest stage, um, familiar with the the, the uh, division, so I wouldn't be mad at, at, at that. But definitely don't don't want a, an expensive running back uh, for them bringing in. But I do like Fournette at the right price. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the guys though we've mentioned it, it, it is going to come down to to price. Obviously, everyone knows we still got to reserve some money for the rookie class and stuff like that, especially because we got two first rounders and you know there is a little bit of money to be taken up uh, through that. But I, I think that a lot of the guys we're talking about it, it's it's all tentative and solely based around how much they're really asking for. As far as Jadavian Clowney is concerned, I would not be opposed to it. 
I think if, if you got a guy like Lawson and, and, and Jadavian could just put his hand in, in the dirt and be strictly asked to just, you know, contain, contain the outside running gaps and rush the passer every so often, I, I got no problem with it. Obviously, like Amari said, sort of an incentive-based base deal, base salary, eight mil, you know, get double-digit sacks. We're, we're, taught we're in business because obviously if Jadavian's getting these incentives, it must mean our defense is doing good, right? So, you know, a lot of these guys we already mentioned, I think, if, if we could get them at a fairly decent price, uh, I'm not opposed to any of them really, but I think the Malcolm Butler one is a little interesting. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure he signed uh, what a, a big deal with, with the Tennessee Titans not too long ago, two years ago, yes. something like that. Yeah. Some, some albatross deal, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I still feel like there's a lot of holes that we have, but I feel like the picture is narrowed to the extent that we have what five picks in the top hundred Six picks top 107. So I think that yeah. there's plenty of holes and plenty of picks to be made. Uh, how would you guys feel about Rasul Douglas on a uh, multi-year deal? 25 years old, just had coming off his best career. Joe Douglas tried to sign for him. Uh, he's a big guy too, right? He's like 6'2". Oh, yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a long range con out of West Virginia. Yeah, and I, and I think he would be good for that trail technique, that cover three. Um I think he fits that pretty well. So he's like a 6'2", 205, so, you know, probably around 6'2 and a half, 6'3", long arms. And um, and I think that would be good, too, because now, I, to be honest, I want the Jets to be in a position where they can just draft. You know, after you get the quarterback or after you do whatever you do with the with the second pick, you're drafting just by talent and just infusing talent and young talent into the roster. Like, how great would it be if the Jets had Bryce Hall, Bless Austin, Rasul Douglas, and they still draft J.C. Horn? Then J.C. Horn, because, you know, we've seen Bless, he, he gets hurt every year. Bryce Hall, you know, uh, he, he didn't really get hurt last year, but he had some injury concerns coming out. And then you could, like, slowly just work, you know, you could basically end up having two number ones. Or you get, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker or somebody like that uh, with the 23rd pick. And then you pick up, you know, you get your – you get another lineman in the second and you work it out like that or you get another corner. So I think that uh, – I definitely just want – one of those positions has to be filled in free agency. I agree. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be mad at Douglas, right, Price. Uh, I do think at, at his age, if they do go after him, it, it should be for at least two seasons. Um, again, great size. He was, he, he, he was serviceable last year, but – I mean, Carolina was just terrible defensively, though, um, in a lot of respects. So, could be scheme that that did him in or or whatever. But I I, I just have this this feeling that that Sala and, and Ulbrick will be you know be able to coach these guys up. Um, and, and I'm expecting the defense to look pretty pretty good. I mean, we were good at the run last year, anyways. Um, and and I think with you know, this front, it'll take a lot of pressure off the cornerback. So I wouldn't mind it at all. Experienced guy for what, four years? This is, be, this is fifth year, fourth year. Um, Good deal. I'm with it. But like you said, man, one of those positions has to be filled in free agency. I, I wish it was both like Trey Turner and Douglas to, to, to close out free agency and the rest. You, you you go with the draft, yeah. And, I would yeah, I mean you know that happens. Slam, I think it'd be a slam dunk off season for the Jets, and, and I don't think that we would feel like the same as we did last year, right? Where we were kind of just signing players to sign players, so to speak. Like that's how we got stuck with the Greg Van Rotens. They were like, we, we I think this off season already, we feel like we signed like them dudes. You know what I mean? Like actual guys that are coming going to come in and actually make a difference. Like I'm not saying, you know, Greg Van Roten didn't make a difference at one point, but like, let's be realistic about this, right? Like last year we were just kind of happy. We were signing line and this year we're actually signing guys like Lawson, like Corey Davis, that they're going to see the field for, for 90% of the snaps on the offense or the defensive side of the ball. And we're, we're going to see him come up and make these plays. So it's right. going to be a nice change of pace from last year where it's kind of like we were signing guys. Cause we, you know, we just need we, – we were so devoid of talent already that we're just signing guys to sign guys. 
So w- without a doubt, I think that this offseason has already been a slam dunk, but but adding a Roswell Douglas, adding a Quan Williams, you know, and adding a Trey Turner kind of just puts a cherry on top of it. And, and it it kind of opens the draft up even even more. Like we can't like, you know, I alluded to earlier, we narrowed that scope as to what we think we're going to do. If we sign those guys, now it's a little more open. It's more open to take that best player available as opposed to, you know, having that little thought in your head, which we've only seen one Joe Douglas draft. And and I think that we kind of lucked out last year where the best player available was also filling a need, which is, you know, it it is really nice. But this this year we could very well see if we make those two additional signings uh, where we're just taking the guy that we think is the best player. It doesn't matter what position. Obviously, we know we need corner, but if 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 Salah goes in, if we sign Razul, if we sign Quan, we, we can go into 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 the draft and kind of be a blank canvas for for whatever he wants to do. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, man. Um, I, I I will say, you know, you talked about the draft last. I mean, uh, excuse me, free agencies last year. You know, just signing guys. We signed a lot of guys. We've been talking about cutting for the last month and i i don't feel like i feel like we didn't do that this year like i i don't expect to be sitting here the same time next offseason talking about loss and getting cut talking about you know uh davis getting cut talking about uh the other davis jared davis you know glad he's gone i i i don't get that feeling um and and Again, I'm 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 hoping a couple more signings to, to further that feeling, man, because it's time. Shit, we need it. Hmm. Now it's, if, it's if, due. Now if he makes no more signings, what what are what are we thinking here? Are we we still happy? I mean, I, I, I don't see a reason not to be, but I mean obviously we're we're kind of just looking at these guys and like, hey, listen, in in a perfect world, we still got uh, how much salary cap? I think we still have like 35 mil, something in that ballpark. So we got plenty of money to spend, but you know, the fact that he's not just going out there willy-nilly throwing money at everything under the sun, like maybe last year you could you could say he did with a lot of these the offensive linemen guys at the questionable signs that we're talking about now. Um, yeah, I, I think you end free agency today. We don't spend another dollar. I think we're, we're fine. We're rolling a bunch of cap into next year. And obviously we'll, we'll be able to pay the rookie class so that that cap will go down a little bit. But, you know, without a doubt, I, I think that it's been a grand slam already. And, and now it's just adding more to to an already good class where I think a lot of people or a lot of the Jets fans out there really wanted these big name guys. But when we really look at this, this free agency hall as a whole, it, it's one of the better ones we've had in recent history. And that's without the guys that we would still like to be signed. I agree. If um if they didn't if they don't make any more signings, um I'll reserve judgment until after the draft to kind of see uh what, what holes they plugged and who they picked and stuff like that. But I think um honestly, uh we may not see I think any other move that we see now is probably not gonna be for a starter. It's probably just gonna be for depth pieces and the uh, special team stuff, uh kind of like with the Justin Hardy signing. I, um, the next, the most, you know, the, the next important day coming up is going to be Friday. That's when Zach, Will, uh, Zach Wilson throws. So I'm sure everybody will be locked into that BYU pro day. And I think that I'm um, honestly, so, so from what I've heard, you know, from guys like Connor Hughes and Rich Semini and, and other people that are close to the team, it's Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold or trade out. Yeah. So I, I, think I, that, I, think, I think that we all need to pay attention. I think we all need to pay attention to that. And I'm already kind of, you know, talking myself into taking Zach Wilson as a number two quarterback. Um, I, what I will say about Chris Sims is that he has receipts. He, he was right about he had Lamar Jackson and TK and I. We were high on Lamar Jackson. We actually wanted the Jets to, to go to trade back into the first round for Lamar Jackson. But he had Lamar Jackson as the number one QB. He had Mahomes. Uh, and Mahomes. So and Deshaun, and he was high on Deshaun. So maybe he does know his quarterbacks. So you know, I've been trying. I to think do- he had like a 95 percent success rate in the last five years. Who hmm. Chris Sims? Yeah, yeah. So, and and honestly, I, I know that you guys want to. You you guys already know. I, I I just have confidence in in identifying talent. So I would always trade down if if there wasn't somebody that I really loved. But I just think the QB position is so important that 
that that you just really can't pass on it. And to be honest, I just can't stomach and I can't even fathom everything paying Sam Donald thirty million dollars a year to be quarterback. And that's what you're gonna have to do if you decide to trade down. So that's just how I feel about that. I think everybody needs to we all need to watch Zach Wilson throw because he's probably gonna tear it up and he's probably gonna be the quarterback. Yeah, I, I think that you're right. Um, I think the Zach Wilson thing, you know, there's smoke, there's fire, and everyone under the sun just seems to believe that Zach Wilson's going to be the pick. I think it is between Sam and and Zach Wilson. I think that they're still discerning between the two and trying to figure out which one is, is going to be the right move for this team, you know, in the future. Do they think LaFleur can get the most out of Sam? I mean, we've been saying that over the last three years. Who can get the most out of Sam? Obviously, it wasn't Gase. I don't think anyone expected it to be Gase. It just kind of highlighted a lot of the lack of progression that he had over over the, the, the two years that Gase was the head coach. But if I'm being honest, uh, I think that us as, as Jets fans and, and all the Jets fans that are listening, they, we need to be mentally prepared. And I think we've talked about this a lot, is we got to be mentally prepared for whatever happens. Because the reality of it is, is that Sam Donald could very well be the quarterback next year. Now, obviously, <laughs> I see Tyra's making a little bit of a face over there. But obviously... You know, that's not the ideal thing. We're looking to reset the uh, the salary for the quarterback position because then we, we have this nice window, especially if, if you identify your guy. If they identify Zach Wilson is their guy, I think Amari said this plenty of times. If they identify that's their guy, they're all on board from J.D., Woody, all the way down, then, then you take them. You don't care what the fan – you don't care what's going to happen. And honestly, I think a lot of the fans are on board with the Zach Wilson, with Zach Wilson more, more than anything. So without a doubt, I think that that we all got to pay attention to what happens on Friday. I know Mac Jones looked good throwing today, but I don't think he's in play, especially not at two. Um, but yeah, I, I think we all got to be mentally prepared for for whatever happens. And and I think the 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 more I'm paying attention to these mock drafts, the more I'm paying attention to you know the news and and, and whatnot, and even listening to Corey Davis's interview today. I mean, everyone's going to say, "Hey, Corey Davis." Uh, was was brought on and he believes Sam Donald is going to be the quarterback. They're going to take it, you know, that extra step. But I, I think that it is between Zach Wilson, and Sam Donald, and I think we all got to prepare to live with that reality of whichever one it is. Because I know there are people on both sides of that 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 coin. Um, speaking of Corey Davis's interview, I think people are making way too much of that. I agree. ESPN did a whole thing on it. Like, here's my thing. Sam is a, is the only quarterback other than the illustrious uh, uh, fourth-round quarterback from last year, James Morgan, that's under contract. Um, like, what else is he supposed to say? I, I honestly don't believe that Sala nor J.D. has told anybody what their plan is. Like, we've heard nothing come out of uh, one Jets drive, you know, so I, I don't see them just – even though they're signing these players, I don't see them saying, look, this is our guy. I, I just don't see it because, you know, you hadn't seen Wilson. You hadn't seen Fields. You hadn't seen Jones. You you know, you hadn't seen anybody. So I, I just don't feel like they've let the cat out of the bag. And, you know, people just they, – they took one part and ran with it. You know, he said it's his understanding. I mean, of course. He's the only quarterback on the roster, really. Who's, who could be a starter. And he also said that, oh, and whoever they, you know, whoever they decide to to put a quarterback, it's my job to be prepared to catch passes and do my job. So chill, people. Nothing is in stone. Relax, please. So um, before we get out of here, man, um, and before we get to that part, uh, next week, uh, we'll, we'll be kicking off, I think each one of our favorite part of the, uh, the year, which is draft talk. Um, not sure which position we'll talk about. Maybe line. My personal favorite is wide receiver and cornerback. Um, but anyways, we'll be breaking down you know, in these positions and our favorite players and who to look for sleepers, gyms, all, all of that, you know, uh, coming up. So really looking forward to that. But, uh, before we ease out, man, I, I, I kind of want each one of you guys to just 
give me your grade for free agency thus far. Um, I will first. I think uh, I won't be too hard on these moves. I do like a lot of the moves. I love, like I said, I love the Carl Lawson move because edge is just it's a it's a premium position. I love the wide receiver move because no matter what, whether you keep Sam or you uh, bring in a a rookie QB, you're going to need a, a sturdy and stable receiver. Jets got one guy that could be a number one or or he could be a number two or whatever, however you feel about it. And they got a number four receiver. They added some versatility in the defensive backfield. They added some speed and tackling and at the second level of the defense. And, um, you know, all, all together, it's starting to it's starting to take it's starting to take shape. You know, you, they're all not going to be home runs, but I think there's there's some doubles, and I think that there's a potential triple in there if you, depending on how you view and how Carl Lawson and Corey Davis assimilates to the system. So I, I think it's a strong B, to be honest. And and we all knew that this wasn't going to be a one off season fix. They were two and fourteen, and they were probably one of the worst teams that I've ever that that I've actually ever that I actually remember. I don't remember the um, what what was it ninety ninety seven co tight team. I don't remember that team. I was too young, um, but that was this past roster was probably the worst, one of the worst rosters that I've ever seen. And I couldn't even make it through the games. So anytime you can infuse some talent and you get the right guys in there that actually want to be here, I think that 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 you're doing a good job. So I, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a B. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give it a, a solid B also. Um, I, I think that the biggest takeaway for me out of this is, and the most important thing that I think a lot of us should take out of this is that. Joe Douglas identified positions of need and attacked free agency, knowing that and picking up those players that we that that we needed. I think that obviously the Carl Lawson signing, we've needed some form of edge presence for God knows how long for since what John Abraham Calvin Pace when we first got him. So we've needed someone there at that position, and, and we did need a wide receiver. Now is is Corey Davis was like we said the second best wide receiver on the market. You paid him less than the uh, arguably the the fourth or fifth best wide receiver on the market and you're still paying them eight million or six million dollars less seven million dollars less than the best wide receiver on the market you know so I, I think that a solid b is in order i think obviously it's going to fluctuate based on the moves that need to potentially still happen and and how it plays out through the season because obviously we'll, we'll be able to look back on it and see how how they performed but i think the most important thing without you know without jumping too far ahead is that Joe Douglas was able to identify the needs, fill the positions, and that should bode well for us moving forward in free agency as well. Cause he, he clearly understands where, where we lack talent and he clearly understands that we got to attack those positions, whether it's free agency or the draft. So a B is where I'm at. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's always subject to change. And, and if there's any other signings, I'm sure we'll amend that later on down the line. Right. So Amari got a B for him. Matt, you got a B for him. I'm giving him a B plus. I'm giving him a B plus. And the reason why I'm giving him a B plus is the fact that he had multiple big contract offers out on Thune, on Davis, on Hendrickson, on Lawson, on William Jackson. He actually got out there and really, you know, put his foot to the gas and really tried to address knees and threw big money at, at these big names. And, you know, he got two of the six that he tried. Um, the fact that nobody really wanted to come here as far as like the huge names that people clamored for yet, he still improved the team tremendously. So I'm giving him a B plus for that. Um, and if he signs, Turner or a good vet cornerback, it'd go from B plus to A minus with with me. So yeah, I, I think this hall was pretty, pretty solid, man. It was a solid free agency thus far. It could get better. Um I really don't see how it could get worse, honestly. Um I don't see him just making any bad signings going away from what he's done so far. So I like it. Um, and the solid effect is real. We've had four players that they signed talked about Robert Sala, uh, in particular. So it's real. And 
like Amari say all the time, he's been saying this since our first argument years ago. Players play for money and coaches. And and that's real. So uh either one of you guys got any closing thoughts? I think you're right though. They the players do do play for money and, and for coaches. And I think that you can see that also in the way that a lot of the contracts were structured this year, too. I mean, like we said, Davis isn't making some absurd amount of money. He's making right around where, where we thought he would make maybe a little more. And and that could very well be because he didn't get offers from other teams. Maybe he did. But the reality is, is that it, it, a lot, every one of these guys from Carl Lawson to Davis to, to, to whomever you want to want to look at in the free agency hall, they've all said the same thing that, that, that they're here. Cause they, they, I think Lawson said he was watching videos of Salah on YouTube. Like how crazy he gets on the sideline. So it, it is a real thing. Playing hard for a coach, loving loving playing for a coach is a real thing, and and I'm happy that the Salas our coach. Yeah, man, I'm just I'm just really excited where um, where the team is headed right now. I'm just glad that everyone seems to be on one accord, and it's really good to hear that <laughs> that players want to come here because I don't remember any of that being said last year by any of the free agents besides um, <laughs> Frank Gore, maybe. So, so it really is good, man. And uh, and now we get to really get to the, you know, to the real meat and potatoes of the offseason. What we always get hyped about is draft talk. And um, like we said, we'll probably start at uh, one of the one of the positions that is probably the deepest or probably the positions that we, you know, that, that, that we really hold near and dear to us. But that's going to be really exciting, guys. And we have a lot of coverage coming up for that. Um, so, yeah, on behalf of uh, Matt, TK, I'm Amari. This is The Flight Deck, Episode 10. Thanks for rocking with us, and we'll catch y'all next week. Y'all have a good one. Go Jets. <laughs>